Hello and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and data science professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Eddie Gordon, courseware designer at Pragmatic Institute and your host for this episode. As many of you know, we've recently acquired the Data Incubator, a leading data science and placement company. This gives us the opportunity to expand our course offerings into the field of data science. We're privileged to have as our guest today, the developer of one of those new courses, Mr. Don Fox. Don, how are you? Welcome. Yeah, hello, hi, yeah. Why don't you uh, give us a little bit of your background, tell us how you got to this point in your career, what, what uh, brings you here with us today? Yeah, so my background is chemical engineering. That's what I did for my undergraduate work, and also that's what I did for my graduate work. Uh, specifically, let me just talk about a bit of my PhD you, work. You go to school, you want to call out your alma mater there too. Yeah, so I went to MIT for undergraduate, and I went to Cornell for graduate school. Beautiful, yeah. And uh, for at, uh, at grad school, my area of research was geothermal energy systems. And specifically, we're looking at modeling these systems. How do they behave when we use these systems throughout their lifetime? How, so, did, you, yeah. how did you eventually become to be involved with the data incubator? So I went through their fellowship program, an eight-week fellowship program. that trains people with, uh, with PhDs in the STEM field, someone from my background and get them ready for the field of data science. So that's how I got involved with the Data Incubator. A lot of the stuff that I was doing for my PhD and the work afterwards were data science. I didn't know that was, I didn't use that title. A lot of the skills that I developed during my PhD and the work afterwards were related to data science. So data science is uh, quite the buzzword around these parts now. Uh, you'll, if, if, if anyone's been to the Pragmatic Institute website recently, they will see the word data all over that website, data, data science. And there are some, some fascinating statistics and blurbs on there. I wanted to, to read a couple of them here and just kind of get your, your feedback on them. Uh, the first one is kind of a fun one. On one of our pages up at the top, it says, the future is data and data scientists are going to rule the world. How do you feel about that, Don? Are you are you ready to rule the world? I would say I'm not, uh, not the kind of person who wants to rule the world, but I will say that people who are going to use data, use it as they collect it, use it as out there, are definitely going to have advantage over other people. Hmm. Um, here's another one. 90% of all the world's data was generated in the last two years. And then... Every two days, we generate as much data as all of humanity did up till 2003. I don't know that I even have the brain capacity to understand the, the mass numbers involved there, but can you kind of, kind of encapsulate what is that really saying? What does it mean? What's the potential there for both the individual and, and for businesses specifically? Yeah, so that's, like I said, it's a bit... Uh catching statement, but it makes sense, right? If you look at our cell phones, right? How often do we interact with our cell phones? That's collecting a lot of data about us. Uh, it has a very, uh, very fine instrumentation. So for example, I know someone who is using a snoring app. Uh, and with what, the way this works is an app on their phone and it's recording their sleeping, the noise that comes from the sleeping and it's running an algorithm 
It's taking those noises it's hearing, it's recording, it's running it through a machine learning algorithm to predict whether that noise was snoring or not. So he gives them sort of a, a detailed report of how much they were snoring throughout the night. Also those recording clips of them snoring so they can understand how often they're snoring, how it's affecting their sleep. But also one of the things about snoring is, is it standard snoring or is it snoring that might be annoying? Or is it snoring that's indicating some um, a more serious medical condition that's right, developed? Yeah. Uh, so just think about our phones. Think about how how all these devices nowadays are being connected to the internet. Uh, that are you know that are that are generating all this data. And it's also a bit daunting because one of the things that you need to do is you're generating all this data, but are you just sitting on it? Are you not using it? And a lot of companies they're collecting all this data regarding their customers they may not be doing anything with it. And as a company, you best know your customers because you have the data about your customers. So are you, using, are you using that data to discover insights, to deliver better products, to retain your customers? So that's one of the things we want to emphasize is you might be collecting data, but are you actually doing anything with it? Mm -hmm. That's the second part, right? You want to collect the data, but you also want to do something with it. You want to drive insight and knowledge with that data, drive actionable results with the data you have and that's and a competitive it, edge right that's a competitive edge because you have the data regarding your customers your competitors don't have that data you want to use it you want to make use of it and is there advantage to collecting data uh with the intention of finding a use for it later on too maybe you're just storing it you don't know how you're going to use it yet but you're just collecting yeah. it. we were we were reading an article just uh yesterday about how the newest car uh, models are collecting all kinds of data that aren't necessarily about your driving habits. So it could be anything. It could be, you know, you've gained some weight or, uh, you know, w what stores you shop at. Uh, and lots of them are collecting all of that and not necessarily informing the, uh, yeah. the users or the buyers, but they're just collecting it and storing it for who knows what purposes in the future. Right? Yeah. And definitely that goes into some of the ethical debate. And we talk yeah. about in the data science of business leaders. And in fact, uh, the European Union has um, made legislations about what data can be uh, what data can be collected, how data can be used, uh, things like that. So it's really kind of us. We kind of have to have a conversation about society of what is okay yeah. for companies to do, what is okay to collect, what is okay to be used. But I definitely can understand situations people being a bit uh, a bit nervous about why are you collecting X, Y, and Z. It may not be so crucial. What's the end use? And I think regarding some of that the legislation in Europe. They have to tell the customers what's the purpose behind the data. And I'm, I'm not advocating that the, that there should be legislation, there should not be, but I'm definitely advocating that we need to have these conversations. Right. These things, understand what is happening, not be so uh, ignorant of the power of data. And what better place to have discussions like that uh, than in classrooms about data science uh, for data scientists? or also for business leaders. And uh, as it turns out, Pragmatic Institute now offers quite a few of those, uh, along with the uh, offerings that are now available because of the Data Institute. We're developing new courses at the same time. So I, I thought we might just give a quick breakdown of all these different courses. A person that goes on the website is gonna see a lot of offerings right now. And maybe we can sum up a little bit uh, uh, and help people decide which of these courses might be useful for them or for their employees. So we've got, for instance, um, the data science, there's uh, the eight-week intensive fellowship, it's called, uh, that uh, 
joined our group of offerings along with uh, the Data Incubator. Tell us what that is, who's the audience, and what are the outcomes of that class? Yeah, so that was sort of one of the original things we, uh, that we developed at the Data Incubator, this eight-week fellowship program to train people with PhDs and masters to get into the data science field. So we go on all the technical things that you need to learn, uh, that you need to be able to learn and use to go into the data science field. So each week has a different theme. Uh, for example, we have a couple of weeks where we talk about machine learning. We have a week talking about TensorFlow, which is a package for deep learning. We talk about distributed computing using a very popular uh, package program called Spark. Uh, so I would say the target there is someone who has a PhD, a master's, and really wants to have an intense program eight weeks to get into the data science field, everything involved with machine learning, kind of end-to-end. What are, the, what are the prerequisites, if any, for those? For those uh, people with uh, STEM field masters and PhD. Okay. Um, so that's the uh, fellowship. There's also uh, live online training uh, twice a week, I think that one happens. Uh, how does that one differ from the fellowship? Yeah, so this more is, um, well, the fellowship is rather broad. These online courses uh, are more specific in their topic. Uh, so, for example, some of the courses that I've taught, one of them is called the Foundations. It might change the name to later. But regarding that course, it's all about the things you need to know uh, for data science. So we spend some time learning about Python, uh, which is a very popular programming language for data science. Mm -hmm. uh, we go into Pandas, which is a Python package. Packages are extensions to the programming language to, for you to do things that you wouldn't have been able to do just using the pure language, so extensions of the language. Pandas is a popular package for data analysis, data cleaning, data, data cleaning, data munging, data processing. And uh, we also have another course devoted to machine learning. So we do more of an introduction to machine learning, see those disciplines, those skills, and those packages, and those algorithms, and we do more advanced machine learning, like these analysis and natural language processing, recommendation engines. And those classes, since they are, uh, since they happen several times a week, they're really geared towards people who want that greater flexibility, where they're perhaps working during the day, and they take, uh, they take this class in the evening remotely. And what's going to be the biggest difference in, in the students from the fellowship to these classes? I would say that the people in the online courses tend to be people who are working professionals yeah. and want to learn data science, but don't have, let's say, the eight weeks to, to devote, you know, eight weeks, nine to five, basically, yeah. to learn data science. And perhaps they're more interested in more of the intro material. Uh, they can take the foundations course. Uh, maybe they have some of that intro material. They want to know more about machine learning. That's where we have the applied machine learning course uh, for them. So the the next offering in the lineup now from Pragmatic Institute is the the newest course, the business of data science. And this one, I know the audience specifically is is a little different than the first two that you've mentioned so far. Can you tell us a little bit about? The business of data science class. Yeah, so the business data science, I would say it's really, really anyone should take the course that they can. Anyone in the world can anyone take this world, class. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Compared to some of the other course offerings that we develop at the Data Incubator, this one is less technical. Um, so, they won't, so you won't be required to program anything, develop any algorithms, anything like that. However, not to say that it's an easy course, not to get the impression it's an easy course and, or not very interested, but 
it's really a great course for people who want to know, they hear this word data science, they hear machine learning, they hear AI, big data, uh, but they don't know where, where it's placed, where it fits within their company, within their day-to-day. Uh-huh. And in order for you to really utilize these skills and be able to manage people who have these skills, you've got to understand what these things mean. What is big data? What is data science? What is ML? What is machine learning? What is artificial intelligence? And we would have that, and one of the things throughout the course, we, dem- we demystify these techniques, these disciplines. We talk about what they can and cannot do. Oftentimes, people feel like AI is just can solve any problem in the world. That is not the case. You have to be careful of how you develop these algorithms to do what you intended to do. Uh, of course, that is the job of your engineers, your, um, your data scientists, your machine learning engineers. But you need to have that vocabulary. you got to understand what it can mm-hmm. and can how it works in an overview, sort of bird, not bird's eye view, but uh, you need to understand how it works sort of a bigger picture, where it fits in your company, understand some of the pitfalls. During the second day, we talk about certain pitfalls. We highlight uh, certain famous cases uh, where someone deployed an ML algorithm and artificial intelligence and didn't do what it had anticipated. Talk about some of the pitfalls that happened there and how you would uh, avoid those problems in those situations. But uh, one of the things we emphasize is you've got to have that common vocabulary. Let's say you are tasked to lead a product that's going to rely on data science or going to rely on machine learning. If you don't have that common vocabulary to talk to your data scientists, to talk to your developers, to talk to your machine learning engineers, then you cannot have a productive conversation. They might be telling you stuff and you might not understand it. You might be telling them stuff and they don't understand it, but kind of have that overlap in vocabulary and knowledge to really guide those projects from idea to a developed finished product that you can deploy for your company. So this is going to help the business leaders essentially ask the right questions of their data science teams. Yes, correct, correct. They want to be able to... Yeah, so I'm trying to think of an example where someone can ask a question that can be very important uh, that can uncover maybe how the algorithm is working and whether that's really what they wanted, what they intended to do. So for... Let me just try to think of a situation here is... Also, one of the things is that as a business leader, you have to give your data scientists guidelines and requirements yeah. and constraints for the product. Because if you don't, then they, they might do something that you didn't anticipate. Uh, so, <laughs> for example, so for example, let's say you're developing some sort of app. Uh, maybe you can take a picture of it. Uh, maybe it's some sort, of, some sort of identification app where you can take your phone, you take a picture of some object, let's say mushrooms, right? Uh, and it can tell you whether the species of the mushrooms and whether they're edible or not. So that's a product you want to Useful, develop. yes, good. Yeah, useful, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in that situation, um, one of the things that you've got to, be able to communicate with your data science team is they can give you a really, really high-performing algorithm, but maybe it takes minutes to give you an answer. Uh, but as a business leader, you might say, you know what, one of the requirements that we want for this is that it takes within a couple of seconds to give you the answer because okay. no one yeah. wants to use an app that uh, that takes a long time to give you an answer. Uh, so your data scientists, engineers, they will be able to tweak the algorithm, maybe sacrifice some model performance. Right. There could be faster. there could be a trade off speed for accuracy there too, right? Which right. would be a discussion between the business leader and the and the, yes, and the data yes. science team. Yes, yeah. and let's say that and and given what you said, I'm now thinking of another example. Let's say you're doing uh, let's say fraud detection. You got to be able to understand 
how much um, the trade-off of having a very, uh, we talked about the idea of precision and recall, very important concept that data scientists know about, but as a business leader, you able got to understand. Uh, for example, if you want to catch all fraudsters, one thing you can do is say that everyone who's using your platform is, is trying to defraud you, right? We have no customers, only fraudsters. <laughs> then you would catch everyone who's a fraudster, correct? You would, yeah. You would, but do you really want that? Yeah. So you have what is called a high recall, but your precision's very low because you say everyone is a fraud. Uh, on the other hand, if, um, if you only label a couple people as fraudsters, you might have a very, you might be very precise in who you call, who, who you're saying is, is committing some sort of fraud, but there'll be a lot of people out there, a lot of people, users that are frauds that you let go. So there's something called a precision, uh, a precision recall trade-off mm -hmm. that you have to understand as a business leader, but also right. as a data scientist. And you also be able to understand is, well, what is the cost of incorrectly labeling someone as, as committing fraud? Maybe that cost is very small. Maybe it's very large. What about the cost of labeling someone of not properly identifying that someone is committing fraud? The cost there can be very expensive. So you'll be able to communicate those economic, those business constraints, those business considerations to your data scientists. Yeah. I've had the privilege of sitting in that course already, the business of data science, and I can just see the business leaders there coming alive as they realize the potential uh, uh, of the technology and as they realize, oh, this is the way that I should be speaking with the data science team. These are the kinds of questions that I can be asking to get the best bang for my buck. It's pretty exciting to watch yeah. them in there. It's yeah, correct. Cool. And, yeah, and, and one of the things you can go ahead and do is you can say, how much additional revenue we would be able to generate if we increase the model's performance? And if you have a good a feel for how much increased revenue you would get, then you would understand development-wise to increase yep. that model's performance. Yep. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is, but you have to be able to look at the numbers, understand uh, how the model's performing, uh, generate models that tell you how much additional revenue you will get for additional models performance, and be able to having those conversations with the data science team and say, hey, uh, given how the model's performing now, what do you think? What would require for us to have a better model? They might say, we got to spend more time. That's cost right there. Or we got to collect more data or data at uh, or more rich data, data that has higher number of characteristics, higher number of features, and you can you can and you can put a cost to that number, and you can understand okay maybe it is worth it. But you know, in fact we could have a better model, but it's gonna we're not gonna be we're gonna be red in terms of um, the development time, the cost for the improved model compared to the additional revenue we get. Yeah. The last uh, classes that I have noted here to, to talk about uh, are, are geared once again towards the uh, potential data scientists themselves. The we've gone from the business leaders and then we've got the, the practitioner courses, uh, the two newest of those, Data Science One Essential Tools and then to be followed by Data Science Two practical machine learning. And I know that you've been very involved specifically in the writing of uh, essential tools. Uh, how has that process gone? What are some of the uh, exciting moments you've had in developing that course? And, uh, and tell us specifically about the audience. Yeah. The audience there. 
Yeah, so the intended audience are people who want to go more into data analysis. And we're going to, the first day we're going to spend for the course is learning about Python. Python is a very popular open source programming language for to do data science, data analysis. And one of the things we try to gear towards this course is people who might feel like they've gotten the most usage of tools like Excel. Uh, Excel can ho only handle so many rows of data. Uh, can be a bit cumbersome to do more complicated data, data analysis. So instead, we can transition over to something like Python, an open source programming language. There's no licenses you have to provision. Uh, it can handle more complicated analysis, more complicated data wrangling, data munging, data processing, data cleaning. Uh, so one of the things we want to emphasize for the course is given some sort of tabular data that you have, how to write out certain scripts or certain functions to apply the analysis that you want to generate from a spreadsheet. And then one thing that we're going to emphasize is that once you've encapsulated that processing, that data analysis for that, let's say that one, um, one spreadsheet or the one comma separated value, then you can repeat the analysis very easily. You can automate the process across multiple files. So for example, Let's say every week or every month you have to do some sort of analysis that you traditionally do right now using Excel. Mm -hmm. Find a bit cumbersome, a bit difficult, rather manual. You feel like you're being limited to the capabilities of Excel. You want something more powerful. Then you can go ahead and write up a Python script using a package called Pandas, which is an extension to the language that's really meant for data analysis, data cleaning, data processing. Write a script that does the analysis you want have an output, a report, sort of a CSV file uh, regarding the analysis that you performed on that file. And then when a new version of that file, the next week version of the numbers that you're doing in that, this analysis from, if you encapsulate this process, you can just simply you know, type in a, a few commands, run the script again on a, on a different file, and you get the same analysis has been performed. So in moving from, let's say you've maxed out Excel, in moving from Excel to Python, um, how, how is the user saving time? Or, or is their time just shifting from messing with spreadsheets to messing with code? Uh, what's, the, what's the benefit there for them in time and, and output? Yeah, so the benefit there is can you write up a process to do your data analysis, data cleaning? You understand that's something you do repetitively across the different spreadsheets. If you write the code that does that analysis once, then you can apply that code across multiple versions of that file. Okay. So maybe you do analysis for this week's numbers. And you've written up the code, you developed the time to do that analysis. Then when the, when the files, when the results come for the next week, then you would basically say, hey, Python, apply this analysis that I already wrote, apply it on the new file. So big potential for automation there. Automation, Saving, yeah. saving a lot of time uh, during the day, yeah. Correct. And you cool. can go ahead and spend that time, that uh, additional time that was freed up, uh, maybe doing a further look at the numbers, right? Maybe you're spending all the time generating these reports. But uh, given the time it takes to generate these reports, you're spending very little time to reflect on numbers and drawing conclusions. Or maybe that free up additional analysis that you might want to consider. Maybe all those reports that you're generating for every week, maybe you want to apply another script that's taking those numbers and getting trying a bigger picture of what's going on. And we probably should have mentioned this as we started talking about the Essential Tools class, but what are the prerequisites, if any, 
for the students in this class? Yeah, so we're, regarding the prereqs, uh, we want to, you know, some basic math, some basic, uh, some basic statistics. So you got to be able to understand. We're going to use words like the mean, the median, um, you know, summing operations. You want to understand that. Mm -hmm. um, you also understand some basic uh, conditional statements like greater than, less than. Uh, if you're familiar with writing some basic equations in Excel, that's great. Uh, basically, we're going to learn how to do that using a different platform like Python and Pandas. Good. So that should cover most anybody that did all right in uh, Algebra 1, 2, Calculus. Yes, correct, correct. And yeah, Good. so that's what, um, that's really the course is really, you know, kind of geared towards people who feel we're doing some sort of, some sort of data analysis in a job, but they feel like their current tools aren't enough. They want to learn uh -huh. a more powerful tool, a more powerful package. Um, that's where we're going to come in and be able to automate some of that data analysis but also start building the foundation for more complicated and more, I don't say sophisticated, but more advanced analysis. And that would lead them yeah. into the next class, Data Science 2, uh, titled Practical Machine Learning then. Yes, yes. Which they have to have taken essential tools first in order to- Yes, to get we're gonna okay. be laying the foundation with essential tools for moving on to practical machine learning. Uh, so you can think of you have, you're building that foundation of how to use Python, how to use key Python packages for data analysis and data processing, and then moving on to practical machine learning. And so the big, uh, the money question is, uh, as employees come in and they take these classes, the central tools, practical machine learning, what uh, benefits are they going to bring back to their companies? How are they going to be more valuable employees after taking these classes? Like, so that kind of tie, uh, ties up with what we said earlier about how much data people are generating. Yeah. And perhaps these companies are just generating on this data they don't know how to properly analyze it. They're being, or perhaps some big data can be a bit of a burden sometimes. There's so much, where can we start? Uh, so they're gonna bring in those analysis techniques, that data analysis um, sort of thinking that, also that data-driven uh, culture as well. We emphasize that in the data, the business of data science, that data-driven culture. Also wanna emphasize that with the other courses as well. Or instead of saying, oh, I have a hunch that this is the way it works, well, perhaps we have the data. We can go ahead and do an analysis and prove whether that's correct or not. So we can bring that idea uh, back to the company. They can bring uh, the idea of automating these, these analysis of spreadsheets, freeing up time for perhaps looking into other projects, doing things that they want to do instead of manually processing some of these spreadsheets. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, and also with uh, with practical machine learning is considering, you know, where can machine learning fit within their company? So perhaps they want to use some of the analysis, some of the uh, results they're generating that they've learned through the first course, the data essentials, and then maybe apply some sort of uh, machine learning. Perhaps you can gather different uh, sources of data for your company and start generating characteristics of your customers, understand uh, which customers are willing to buy a product or not. That's information that needs to be fed into a machine learning algorithm to be able to make predictions to understand whether this customer will make uh, will purchase something or not. And if you realize that, you know, if we run the models, we run the analysis, and we understand that this person won't buy our product, maybe we can do something about that. Uh, so this whole idea of prescriptive analysis, 
Uh, can we try to predict something and try to do something about it? So speaking of predicting then, how about we, we wrap up here? You put on your uh, sci-fi writer's hat for us a little bit and uh, tell us where, where's all this going in the near future? What are, what are the cutting edge technologies and potentials for data science that uh, only, only the geeky of, of us are talking about yet? <laughs> and the benefits to the businesses that yes. extend from those. No, and definitely there's a lot of you know, considerations about these technologies when they start being deployed on a larger scale. I know one thing that I always think about is driverless cars, right? Yeah. And also the ramifications behind driverless cars. Is that a good thing? Because there's a lot of people who work as long haul truckers and that's considered sort of the low hanging fruit in terms of automation. Um, so what we got to do about some certain people uh, when we automate uh, when we automate the process of driving cars, maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. We have to have those conversations. Right. Other thing that uh, gets a lot of attention are let's say cancer screenings. There's so many. There's only so many trained doctors to look at some of these medical scans, determine whether cancer is present. So there's been a lot of work developing machine learning algorithms, AI algorithms to determine whether those screens, those test informations, but that's indicative of some sort of cancer, some sort of problem down the road, and take the correct, um, first, uh, take the correct action to uh, to best fix that problem. I'm trying to think of other situations where AI and ML is getting a lot of attention. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the first, I mean, There's the gotcha question at the end. Yeah, so gotcha told, I warned you. <laughs> are, are the big things. Um, let's see. Yeah, one of the things that's very that's very popular right now, or one of the things that's getting a lot of attention is that since there are a lot of instrumentations that are being put on devices, uh, perhaps on uh, jet engines, on very expensive equipment that you're running, servers for your company, all this instrumentation data we can use to figure out whether this piece of equipment will break down later on in the future. Yeah, okay. Take that raw data, apply the analysis, apply the data cleaning, the data munging, data processing on that raw instrument data, and then apply machine learning algorithms to be able to take that data, be able to predict whether that rather piece of expensive equipment will break down or not. Mm -hmm. And if we have a good model that tells us whether this piece of equipment will break down based upon instrumentation readings, then we can make the appropriate actions, send someone out there to fix the problem before it gets worse, before something drastic happens and very detrimental to you and to the bottom line. Right. But like I said, we've got to have these conversations as a, as a society about where does AI fit into our daily lives? What is acceptable? What is not? We got to have those conversations. I'm not you just say one way or the other, but we got to have those conversations. We can't have those conversations if we don't know, we don't have a common language and don't uh, understand what's happening in a big picture, how these algorithms work in general. You said it. Absolutely. Wow. What an exciting industry. Uh, it's exciting to learn about it. It's exciting to be involved in it. And uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to get to chat with you today and learn more. And uh, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> Never done this before, so. <laughs> that does it for today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week 
when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. See you next time.